It's time for this week's Uplift, encouraging words from two ordinary guys that want you and others to find the freedom in Christ that's available to everyone. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our website at fulcrumcenter.org to learn more. Hello again, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Uplift. I'm Phil Bliss. I'm Ian Thornton. And it's good to see you tonight. Absolutely. Ian, I'm going to read a passage of scripture for us tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Sounds good. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hmm. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past, in, in the past couple episodes, and talking about, and we've both done sermons about things that you cannot see, and, right. and what's what faith is, believing in what you cannot see and believing that it's real. But there is an unseen force happening in our world today and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Okay. And you brought up the word complacency. Yes, I did. And I think that's an important topic to, to cover. To yeah, it is. Um, it is it is important, Phil. It's it's one of the things that um, at points, uh, everybody probably, and I, and I know that I am, but you're picking your toes up off the floor, right? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know something's about to drop. Yeah. But um, because we're, we've all been there, you know, and, and we've, that's, that's been a part of all of our lives um, at some point in time, whether in the past or, or maybe currently, it, it could be. Um, but it's something that you've either dealt with and you have worked your way through or you are fighting against not falling back into that. Right. Um, but it is. Every one of us have, have faced that. And um, that's a lot of where if you look out at the landscape of the church, so to say, big C, that it certainly is peppered in there. Complacency is a part of of the church at this point in time. And it's a problem in it, the church. It is and a problem. A problem that is that can be corrected. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing that can't be fixed, healed, taken care of. But I think part of the problem is it's one of those things that we do not see. We don't. It is there, but we don't see it, so we just feel like, hey, everything's great. The church is great. It's open on Sunday. That's a plus. Right. Right. But it can be so much more, and I believe God wants it to be so much more, and he's calling on all of us, hmm. every single one of us at this point in time. He's saying to us, I brought you through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I gave you a time of rest. I gave you a time of, of recuperation. Lots of things changed during the pandemic. Right. Now I want to move you forward, but I need you to not be complacent. Right. I need you to make the choice to turn to me and see those things which are unseen. Hmm. I, I think Paul really hit the nail on the head there. And we all know this, and yeah. we've said this. This life is temporary. 
but what is to come is eternal. And if you are 15 years old or 50 years old or 85 years old, you know how much of your life you've lived, you know your memories, but that can't be compared to what's coming. Hmm. And in what's coming, God wants to give us more now as a preparation for absolutely what's and, coming. Absolutely. I, you're, you're exactly right. And, and I think back to the last several Wednesday nights that we spent together going yeah. through Acts. Yeah. So we worked through yeah. the first 14 chapters of Acts. Right. There is no way that you can read that or have lived that and be complacent. <laughs> Isn't you that know, the truth? Because it's so alive. It's mm. so much um, of an interaction with the unseen, mm-hmm. thinking about Peter coming out of the jail. Right. And, I mean, right, and, and right. one thing after another, one thing after another. Um, but all of that is there for our encouragement to right. read that and go, wow, look at what happened there. I want to be a part of that. And I want to be a part of that. If I can just take a moment to, to kind of give a, a little bit of a testimony. Because yes. I was complacent at one time. Because I didn't, I felt like I didn't know what to do. And I felt like I had got into the game so late. You know, mm. I went to church as a child five, six, seven, eight times maybe. And I'm 24 years old at this time thinking I want to do something for the Lord because I feel his calling. Okay. But I'm 24 years old. It's too late. I didn't start as a child. I didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't know who Jacob and Joseph were, <laughs> let alone, I mean, I knew Moses because I think I'd seen the Ten Commandments. But <laughs> Thank you, Charlton Heston. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I didn't know hardly anything. Hmm. And I went to God and I said, what do I do? I know you're calling me. I don't know what to do. Wow. Okay, and people are going to say, well, Phil, yeah, yeah, look who you are. But no, look who I was. And I had to make that choice to stop being complacent. I had to say, God, I can feel it. I I feel the tugging. I hear you calling. I want to do more for you. What do I do? Mm. It was that simple. And he, he pushed me along. There you go. I didn't do this on my own. And I'm not saying I'm something spectacular. I'm not saying that. But I didn't get to be where I am on my own. It was God when I turned to him and said, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because my, my backstory is the exact opposite. Yeah. So I grew up in church and, and on it goes and knowing all of the Bible stories and the characters and, and the truths and the principles and, and all of those things in Scripture. <clears throat> but it became so normal. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that that I became complacent. Yeah. So there's two ways we can become complacent. It, it is. It's just, okay, well, That's this is the normal. Good. This is how it works. This is what you do every Sunday. Yes, everybody, you know, at that point, I'm thinking everybody knows the Bible stories. Everybody, you know, and it, so you, this is just how you live your life. So if I could just go ahead and throw this thing into neutral, and I'll just coast along, and I'll just do what everybody normally does that are church-going folk. And I'll be done. Yeah. But I had to make a choice. Yeah. And, it, and that comes back to exactly what you were saying, Phil, is is that do I believe it and will I live it? Hmm. 
And if I believe it, then I had better live it. And what I'm seeing around me at that point in time in my life, they weren't living it. So therefore they didn't believe it. So what mm -hmm. if I did believe it? What would life be like? How would it be different? And so that's what spurred me on into this journey of going, so what would life be like if I really lived it? So you believed it and therefore you live it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And so there are people who say they're living it, but they really don't believe it? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, and two, you, you live what you believe. Bottom That's line. That's true, yes. You, know, you live what that you believe. That is very true. <clears throat> and so I just, for me, it was just um, to, to get back into living, you know, what I said I believed. But, um, but then even in that, there is a battle that takes place. And I love when the Apostle Paul, he writes, and he says, he starts off in that passage by says, he says, do not lose heart. And, and, I, and at points, many who are complacent have lost heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, yes. Their heart's not in it. Yes. So therefore, they're just floating down the stream. So how do we jumpstart their hearts? When we were talking earlier, mm -hmm. you said sometimes... God will allow something to happen in their lives. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something allow something to happen to them to so get to the point where they need God. Yes. And I know from my experience there was a point when I needed God. Well, I need him every day. We all need him every <laughs> right. day. Right. That's true, but but yes, there have been many points in my life where I needed him just to get through the day. Mm, that's right. And I could have made many improper choices, but I chose to turn to God because I believed that he really is all that he says he is. Yes. And I guess what I'm saying to people who maybe feel like they've become complacent or haven't realized yet that they're complacent, I'm saying, if you believe God is who he says he is, then let him be in your life who he says he is. Yes. Good Because word. he will do it. He, he will. He will. And it's, it's almost as though, well, it is as though we give him permission mm -hmm. to be who he is in our life. No holds barred. Totally surrendered. Right. Whatever it is that you, God, want to do in and through my life, then I'm willing to do that. And, and he will step in, and things will be different. Yes, and, you know, you, we talked about the book of Acts mm -hmm. and the miracles that happened. Peter walking out of prison. Uh, Peter walking up to a man and saying, stretch out your hand, and his hand right. was healed. Right. And, and the, the conversion of Paul in so many things, and all the miracles of Jesus, too. And a lot of times... And I know it was, at least for me, I wasn't seeing that. So I was saying God wasn't really leading me. Okay. Okay. But when God showed me that it's the little things, and I mean sometimes even things that we might not even consider. For example, at work one day, I'm looking at my schedule thinking, 
how am I going to get anything done? And I look up and there's an email, a meeting was canceled. That was God. Okay. <laughs> freeing it, up some time. It, yes, it was God freeing up the time. Um, there was another time when I'm driving down the road and I see a man walking on the sidewalk and all of a sudden thought comes to mind, he's going to step into the street. So I slow down. And wouldn't you know it, that man stepped into the street, didn't even look. I don't think he was really in his right mind, oh. honestly. I'm not sure if it was a mental situation or if he was on some kind of substance, but he stepped right into the road and then he got halfway across, looked at me and ran back <laughs> to the side. <laughs> I'm thinking you're halfway across, buddy, just keep going. Yeah. But. That was God showing up for me. Yeah. I could have hit that man. Yeah. And I could have, because if I wouldn't have let off the gas, I would have hit him. Mm. There's no doubt in my mind I would have hit him. And that could have traumatized me yeah. for a long time. So that was a moment of God showing up. And so sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's a bigger thing like, like that. I consider that a pretty big thing. Sometimes it's, Somebody smiles at you. You see, God is working in the minds and hearts of so many people. And when we ask him, God, show up in my life, he's got 500 people that he's going to bring to your life and show you how he's showing up. Hmm. That's right. He's all, he, he is going to do those things that are already on his heart. Yeah. And so that's one of those things where... You don't have to ask God if it's his will to show up in your life. Right, right. It, it is. is. <laughs> and he will show up. He does that. Yeah. And and part of that too is is this relationship that that the Holy Spirit desires to have with us. That's even greater than what many mm. of us have experienced up to this point. Right? Yes. And it's like releasing the fire of the spirit within you, within you. And it takes us to a whole nother level. And it's some things that maybe people don't understand. Um, mainly in in the church, there's a relationship between God because he's the one that we ask everything from mm -hmm. that we need. Right? And the pastor. <laughs> and the pastor. <laughs> and there's Jesus because he died on the cross and right. he saved us from our sins. Right. So, so those two relationships... Are are more firmly established. Yes, yes. Than okay. it is with the other part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. And then a lot of people will keep the Holy Spirit at distance because they really don't know what to think of Him. Hmm. And I've realized that f for my complacency to stay distanced from me is dependent on how closely. I am engaged with the Holy Spirit. That's that's really good. It is. It and and that engagement has to be intentional. It has to be purposeful. We have to ask for that indwelling and that empowering and that flow because Jesus called it living water that mm. will flow up out of us, right? right? Right. And so that means that that flow comes from within and out into the place where we are. That means that that water will come up out of me and get you wet. Mm. 
Yes. And when those things happen, because I've 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 been privileged yeah. to watch it happen with you, Phil, into other people's lives. And when I watch that happen, that encourages me to go deeper and to have a closer relationship and I'll use the word thirst more for him, the Holy Spirit, to flow within me. Mm. And no longer is it, oh, well, it's Sunday morning. I guess I need to make my way to the church and find my favorite pew and sit there, wait for the music to get sung, pastor to finish up so I can get to lunch. And he better not be long. And he better not be long because <laughs> I know where the exit door is. But it really, it, it, it transforms that time of worship on Sunday morning. Actually, it, tra- it transformed that time of Sunday morning Mm-hmm. into worship right. on Sunday morning. Right. And and that is what we need as believers to be engaged with the Holy Spirit at such a time so that we thirst for more. It, if I can build on that, I, I really like what you said because you said that you've seen it pouring out of me into other people. And Absolutely. if you ask me, I did nothing to make that happen. Hmm. I did absolutely nothing. I did not consciously pour out onto other people. I was just simply doing what God has asked me to do, and God did the rest. Exactly. And so what I'm saying is it's that simple. You just simply be obedient and surrender to God, and He will make it happen in the lives of others. And, and and not be satisfied with where you're sitting. And that's what you're and I know that's what you're saying because yeah, you have yeah, to engage yeah. God. You have yeah. to be like, God, I want to be a part of this. Allow me to be in your flow. You know, and it's the same thing that Jesus said, and I think it was in John chapter ten. He goes, I do what I see my father doing. Yes. Yes. And it's that's the obedience part that you were talking about. It's like, you know, we understand that God wants to, as an example, minister to that person in front of us. Yes. Okay. God so Whatever you want to do, I'm open, I'm here, I'm available. And nine times out of ten, your mouth starts talking. And you don't <laughs> have to know what to say. You don't. I So you many don't. times, I felt that before, Ian. And I would hold back because I'd say, well, I don't know what to say. And then I realized I would just be myself and people would say, wow, that really had an impact mm-hmm. on me. And That's I'm thinking, right. what did I say? It doesn't matter. God spoke the right words for me, through me, for that person. And I didn't have to manufacture it. I didn't have to right. think about it. I just let God flow through me. Right. The living water flowed out. Exactly. So when a situation like that happens, Phil, let me ask you, what are your thoughts after that situation, that one particular situation is over? Is it something that you want more of? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is. It's it's something that encourages us yeah. to take the next step with God, to get closer in relationship with Him. In and, fact, when I left that situation, I said, God, I don't know what just happened, but please do it again. <laughs> it was a great feeling. Right, because you get to be a part of what He's doing. Yeah. And it takes that complacency, which is not of God. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And it keeps it at bay. It it. It def- it's a defense, and when you're in moving and working with the Spirit, then you are being the light, mm-hmm. and therefore the darkness, it does not encroach on that. 
Absolutely. And so really, one of the biggest things that we can do to come against complacency is first reject it. Mm, very good. Renounce it. Yes, renounce it. I'm not going to be a part of that. I don't want that complacency anymore. And it may be, it may take everything that you have within you to say those words. Yeah. Because first you're admitting you're wrong. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness. Renounce it. Ask God to use you. Uh, yes. Those three things. And you and, and God will graciously forgive and he will defend and he will put us back on track. And and you realize that your soul is thirsty again. Yes. That hasn't been like that for quite some time. That was really good. Can you say that again? Yes. Those three things. So first, ask for forgiveness. Yes. Understand that what we've been doing is wrong. Yes. Second, renounce. Come against the, the demonic that is looking to keep you in the shadows and renounce that. And then third, ask God to use you. Yes. Repent, renounce, ask. And then when it happens, thank God. Yes, I was getting ready to say, yeah. praise. <laughs> praise exactly. God. Because it yes, will happen. It will, it will. And you get to see God do these amazing things through you, but for other people. Right. And you get to watch their light come on. You yes. get to watch their soul become thirsty. And that is just the coolest thing. It is. It really is. And that there again, that was that's Acts. That's why Acts says over and over and over again. And the church was added to daily. And the church was added to daily yes. because they experienced who God was. Absolutely. And it's just it's it's an incredible, amazing feeling. Yes. Especially knowing that you don't have to do it yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I know there are so many people who say, I can't do that. I'm not that type of person. Okay, that's fine. You're not that type of person. Then be who God has designed you to be, but let him be the one leading you in that. Don't try to figure <laughs> right. it out. Right. And how many people, and I know this has happened to you too, but how many people have experienced the Lord like in the fashion that we're talking about? And they come and talk to you, and they say, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. That is not like me at all. Yeah. I don't, I, stuff just started coming out of my mouth. I have never prayed for somebody like that. I have never, ever put my hands on somebody to pray for them before. But don't yeah. they, they just come up with these, these stories, and, yes. and we listen to them talk, and we are seeing them being freed. Right. Right. Broken free from the shackles and the bondage that the enemies had them in. And yes. they have stepped into being just what you said just a moment ago, who God made them to be. And they have found out that, you know what, I'm a little bit more bold than I thought I was. Yeah. You know, and I'm willing to do that. But man, it was the neatest thing, and I want him to do it again. And there's no, <laughs> yes, you want him to do it again. And it's when we become complacent. It's our responsibility, okay? Mm. But I'm not condemning anyone who mm. has become complacent. No, no. Because we have, again, the unseen, the enemy that we cannot see, the ways that they right. can, we cannot understand, the devices that we don't comprehend, that they use 
to do so many things to us, and one of them is become complacent. That's right. And that's one of the greatest tools they have right. because you become complacent and you become useless. You're just... Yes. You're a pew potato. Whoop. <laughs> or somebody else said something the other Or a pulpit potato. Whoop. Pulpit potato. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's for that's for us personally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know some of those. But <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is you don't have to feel the guilt and anguish of that because God doesn't want you to feel that. He took that away mm. for you. That's good. At that's the right. cross. So confess, mm. renounce, and ask God. What do you want yeah. to do with me? What do you want and to do with me? And then praise. Yes, because yes. it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And that's it's that's one of those that's guaranteed. I, it is, that's one of those prayer prayers that that I am willing to say. Look, that prayer will get answered one hundred percent. Yes, of the time. <laughs> absolutely. Because God does want to use you. He does. He want. That's the way this whole thing was designed, right? That's right. I mean, when Jesus went up back into heaven on the Mount of Transfiguration. He left it all in the hands of the disciples. Yeah. There's no other option but us. Right. So right. it's one of those things God so desires to flow through us into the lives of those whom he loves. Mm. And he loves us. Yes, he does. So dearly. Uh, so dearly. A love greater than we can comprehend. Mm. Humble. And so when I say... And Ian says, let God use you. It doesn't mean you're going to be up in the pulpit on Sunday morning. No. Some of you, maybe, yes. Truth. It, maybe you'll be helping out in the kitchen. Maybe you'll be um, helping out in the community. Yes. It doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be in the church. It doesn't. Maybe it's at the gas pump. At the gas. At the gas pump. Mm -hmm. Going through the drive-thru. Maybe <laughs> God's going to send someone to you. And you're just going to be sitting with them for a half hour or an hour and just listen to them. Mm -hmm. The gift of mercy. Absolutely. You know, you can, God will show you what your gift is. And it may not be what you think it is, but let him or let us help you yeah. determine what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can ask God for you in the portrait yeah. thing that you had yeah, done. Yeah, that's right. We can do your portrait for you. Exactly. Yeah. How does God, if you're not sure on how God sees you, then please send us a note. Yes. Yeah. Just send us. It, it can be one of the prayer, uh, come through prayer requests. We do yeah. prayer at fulcrumradio.org, right? That's right. Prayer at fulcrumradio.org. Yeah. Send us an email and just put your name and say, and just ask, you know, would you, it, is there something that the Lord would share with you about how he sees me? And, and Pastor Phil and I will pray about it and see what the Lord would say and yes. graciously send that to you. Absolutely. We would, we would be glad to. It would be. It would be an honor. So, Lord, what are... Lord, Ian, I'm, see, I'm, I'm praying out loud. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Ian, what happens? What do you see happening if the church stays complacent? That, that I just I just want to that makes my heart very very sad. Yeah, it does. It it does. Um, I see. I see a very hard road. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say it because I've seen it. Now, 
what I'm about to say doesn't mean that when this happens, it was because everybody became complacent. But I've seen churches become complacent. Mm. And I've watched what happens when they become complacent. They close. Yeah, they die. And sometimes even get torn down. Mm-hmm. Now, I was at a church that has been torn down, but not because the people became complacent. Okay. There were many other factors that were involved. So I want to be clear that it's not always when a church becomes complacent that the church dies, closes, right. and gets torn down. Right. That's not an even equation there. But I have also seen churches close and become something else or mm. sit idle for years because right. they just became so complacent. They became so focused on themselves in the church. They became so focused on that building. They became so focused on what they were doing the six, seven, six days a week and 23 hours that they weren't in that church hmm. that it, God just said, okay, I'm going to go to where the people really want to work with me mm-hmm. because I want to work with them. Yeah. And, it, and, and worship. And worship. And yeah. worship. You yeah. know, it, and, and, I, and I understand, so and, and I, I totally agree with, with what you're saying. Um, but our time of coming together on Sundays is to encourage and to build up and to worship. And yes, you know, are there things that, that are taught? And yeah, absolutely. But, but to worship. And, it, and it's and it's not just how many songs you have, you know. It's it's really are you worshiping the Lord? Are you worshiping? And and it's it's that personal relationship that that is so vital for us to to engage and and to be intentional. Um, you know, even when you don't feel like it. I mean, it, it, people get up and go to work all the time that don't feel like going to work, but they go because there's a sense of responsibility right? Um, or because they need the paycheck or, or something, you know, so we, we do things all the time that we don't want to do. Right. And this is one of those things. There's times we don't want to engage God. We don't want to read our Bibles. We don't want to spend time in prayer. We don't want to worship. And nine times out of 10, that's because the enemy is distracting us and not wanting us to do that. But we have to. We're, we're moving into a season and a time where this is not an option. Being complacent and being stagnant for the, the bride of Christ is not an option. I agree. It is not. And, and we're going to end up with decisions, very hard decisions and choices that we're going to make. Either Absolutely. we're going to be with him or not. Or, right. You don't want to be on the other side. You don't. You really don't. And the great thing about it is, is that that portal is always open. Mm-hmm. That invitation is always there. It's not ever been rescinded. Never. No, it hasn't. So it's always there. And so just we get to choose each day whom you will serve. Mm. Well, with that, I think we need to wrap it up. Yes. We're getting close to that time. We so. are. It goes fast. It does. It really does. And I enjoy it. And I hope that all of you are enjoying it. Yes, and and we enjoy spending this time with you. Yeah, and just please know that we are not bringing condemnation. Not at all. But we are bringing the truth of God. The things that are not seen are going to be seen a lot more, if you will, in the Spirit. That's right. And we want you to be a part of it. We we do. We do. We don't want you to miss it. No. We, we, We... 
we are a part of that mm-hmm. and love it and and love what God is doing in our lives individually. We we are ecstatic and thrilled about what what God is doing with us together. Yeah. Um and yeah. And, it, and and having the opportunity to experience this, we want that for you. Yeah. We want that for you too. So reach out to us if you want to. Yes. You can visit the fulcrumcenter.org or you can send us a prayer request mm-hmm. and visit our radio station website fulcrumradio.org. Um, you can find us on Facebook, yep, and you can find us in church on Sunday mornings. Yes, even if we don't want to be here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. We're here. And we'll be back again next week as well. Absolutely. So until then, we will see you later. Have a good night. God bless.